Hi, it's Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm a top-rated life coach, an international best-selling author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. The experts on this show will help you achieve work-life balance so that you can experience abundance in seven pillars of life, spirituality, health, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial life. When you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Let's go. Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I am your host, Rebecca Whitman. We're helping you go from overwhelmed to busy and burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Today, I have my friend and holistic coach, Mandy White Escalin. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this for a while now, so I'm truly honored to be here with you today. I know we met at an event in Las Vegas and we sat next to each other. We did a couple of breakout rooms together and I just felt so connected with you. I knew we were going to be great friends and we had so much fun at the after party. We had the best time getting to know each other in Vegas. And I was like, I've got to get you on my podcast. I've got to share your fabulousness with my community. You're so sweet, but I felt the exact same way. And I love authentic, genuine connections like that because I think that us as women, we're here to make those connections. We're here to raise each other up, you know, and showcase and empower each other. So I was so honored to have that time with you and be on here today and share some really great nuggets to help a lot of other women. Yes. Well, let me tell my audience a little bit about your background. So Mandy is a nutrition coach specializing in gut health. Prior to holistic nutrition, Mandy was a personal trainer to celebrities. She is passionate about empowering women to optimize their work-life balance, which is perfect for our show. She is an esteemed international speaker with the large with her largest virtual audience of 100,000K. I was there. I saw you speak in person. You were an incredibly powerful speaker and motivator. And it was also on a Zoom with over 100,000 people watching. That was at the most powerful women in network marketing. So I know I saw that virtual audience of 100,000 and you crushed it. So I'm very excited to talk to you and just get into it. I met you when you were at your peak. What was your origin story? Where did you grow up? Did you always think you would be a motivational speaker and holistic coach? Tell me a little bit about your story. Great question. And you know what? No, I had no idea that at 48 years old, that that would be what I was going to do with my life. To be honest, I'm originally from Louisiana. I was born and raised in South Louisiana. So I'm half Cajun and half Cuban. So definitely a spicy combination. And, you know, I grew up in a small town, but I always knew I just had this gut feeling and calling and belief and faith that I was meant for something really big. And not to say I'm not grateful for my roots. A matter of fact, I have a tree tattooed. I am, I always remember where I'm from and where I came from, but I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I fit in that small town. And so when I was 25, 
left my entire family back in Louisiana, moved to Las Vegas, and I've been here for 23 years. I just knew that I I was called for something bigger. I had no idea what it was going to be back then, but I always, always had a passion for helping people. And so went into personal training, got my degree actually in exercise physiology when I was living in Louisiana, but there was really nothing to do with it. Honestly, that people weren't especially in South Louisiana, love my Cajun family, but just people there just don't, they're not super health conscious. Matter of fact, it's the highest per capita rate of of heart disease in the entire country is there. And so I moved to Vegas kind of like, all right, what do I do? But I knew I was, like I said, being called for something. And it took me a while, worked in corporate. Um, My ex-husband and I built a company um, up to $5 million. And then shortly after that got divorced, but we had kids and Long story short is right after our divorce, I went back into personal training because it was truly, I love helping people. And I knew that that was always going to be part of it, right? Like helping people, health, you know, maybe not always fitness, but just something in that realm. And it's kind of interesting how, you know, life's challenges and, and all the parts of the journey start to expose and peel back the layers of the onion of what is our true purpose here? And I've I'm blessed that I actually found mine because there's a lot of people that don't ever do. And I just, because of my own health struggles, when about 10 years ago, I went back to holistic nutrition school to become a, a health coach. And um, I, that. I, I dealt with a lot of digestive issues, digestive issues, hormonal imbalances, metabolic issues. And doctors were like, we don't know what's wrong with you. And I'm like, all right, well, something's wrong. So that's what led me 10 years ago to holistic nutrition school and then going into the gut health specialty. And then that has kind of like unfolded and evolved into where I am now and what I get to help with. That's incredible. So you said personal training has always been in your story. First of all, where's your Southern accent? Can you put that (laughs) in if you need it? Uh, you know, it's funny if I get on the phone with my family, it comes out. Even my husband's like, man, I heard that one, but I still say y'all, I still say fixing. I'm fixing to go to the store. Like, but I've been gone for almost half my life. When I really think about it, I left when I was 25 and I've been here 23 years. So almost half my life. But if I go home, I can promise you it's, I come back with the accent because it's, it's part of who I am. So I got it. So let's, I mean, I'm in LA. We're all celebrity obsessed over here. You said you were a personal trainer to celebrities. Who have you trained? What celebrities? Believe it or not, there's a few that I'm not actually allowed to say. I had to sign NDA. I had to sign NDAs. Um, They don't want like preparing for TV shows, movies, that sort of thing. They just, it's something really weird that they, a lot of them don't want them to know who they've used and that sort of thing. And, you know, I've never been the type of person to capitalize off of, oh, let me name drop this person and this person. So it's never been a priority, but you know, I train Eric, my husband and I have been Eric and Marina Warriors trainers for five years now, Um, health coaches, trainers, we traveled with them around the world. So we're very fortunate. That's ones we can talk about. And, you know, we get to be very public about, but you know what? I just, I, for me, it's never been like, oh, I trained this person, this person. I know it sounds horny, but I just, it just was never part of, it's just like, to me, it was another person that I got to get into their peak physical physique. That's amazing. And you too were a, a fitness competitor, right? Yes. Actually, I'm a fitness pro. I won my pro card in 
2012. So 11 years ago, I won my pro card. And then that same year I placed number three in the world at the pro level. Um, but then that's when all the health issues really started was because of those really crazy diets that I was on, Rebecca, like most people see these competitors and they're like, Oh my gosh, I want to look like that. Is it attainable? Yes. Is it maintainable? No. That is where a lot of people get caught up because it's not exactly a health that it's not a picture of health. When I see the pictures of me on stage weighing 113 pounds, uh, 9% body fat and winning my pro card, it was the most unhealthy that I ever was in my entire life. So, you know, it's great that I was able to achieve that, but it's not someplace that I ever wanted to stay because not only did it cause me a lot of health issues with those crazy diets, it also caused me a lot of body dysmorphia that took me years. I'm not kidding. Years to get over and not look at those pictures and cry that I don't look like that. So like I had a lot of growth and, and, um, learning and unlearning and, and switching beliefs that I had to work on, or I got to work on and not to look at those pictures because it wasn't a picture of health. And even though it's like, Oh, I don't look like that. It's wait a minute. Right now at 48 years old, I'm healthier, happier than I've ever been in my entire life. And I'm so much more than just a physical body. And so I've got to own, take ownership of all of that over the last 11 years and work through not only the physical, but also the mental piece of it. Let's talk about that. What are some of the shifts that you had to make to go from criticizing yourself to loving your body and being in like self-acceptance? What were some of those, of those shifts? Because I feel like a lot of women, especially the women that listen to our show, we are wanting to have more body confidence. So what kind of tips would you have for that? First of all, it took me to look in the mirror. And there were times that instead of me going, oh, I got rolls here and I got rolls here and I got rolls here and I hate this. And I got cellulite. Like I used to literally look in the mirror and pick myself apart, Rebecca. And it was, it was sad, but it's also part, it's happening so much because we compare ourselves to what we see on social media, right? So I was not only comparing myself to my own pictures, I was comparing myself to social media and what I saw. And when I would look in the mirror at who I really am, I was tearing that apart. And so I had to really, I did a lot of personal development. I started to look in the mirror and look in my own eyes and see things other than physical that I loved about myself. And so I worked on that self-love about finding those things in me that weren't even physical that I loved about myself. And then when I started seeing in my soul and my heart, those things that are different and what I love, then I started seeing my outsides looking different because I saw them through different filters. And so I had to work on loving me as a person, my heart, my soul, my, my brains, you know, all of that. And then that's when the lenses changed for me. And I saw my external showing up different. And then I learned at that point, how to love and appreciate my body on the outside more. So you have kids, uh, how old are your kids? I have a 19 year old daughter in college in Spain. And then I also have a 15 year old son that is starting high school in August. So what did you teach your daughter about body dysmorphia? So she doesn't fall into the same trap that you did. Well, you know, I worked on that one really hard and not to say that she didn't, there were times, I mean, being, 
being a, a typical teenager, like in high school and seeing like social media is their reality. Like this is their reality, not all of this, not the outside world. And so she did fall into those traps. And unfortunately, you know, like I have to give it to my daughter. Like it just, oh, I try not to cry. You know, she is such a beautiful, strong woman. And, you know, she had to not only live to social media, she had to live, you know, with me being her mom as a strong, beautiful, powerful woman. And her friends were like, well, you don't look as skinny as your mom and and bless her heart. Like she had to deal with a lot of that. And so for a long time, even for me, it's like, should I shrink down so that my daughter doesn't feel that way? Right. And, and should, what can I do? And it really was, it was hard for me. And it like, it still gets me a little like emotional, but she went through that. She went through that where like, you know, mom, I don't look like you and I'm not as pretty as you. And and I'm like, baby, it doesn't matter. And so we really did some work together on her beliefs about herself and like finding the things that she loved about her body and herself and finding what makes her unique in this world. And it doesn't matter, you know, that everything's not perfect because she is perfect. And every woman listening, you are perfect just the way that you are. And you are beautiful beautiful just the way that you are and you're so much more than a physical body because remember we are you know we are a spiritual being having a human experience and so we are not our our body is our vessel that's gifted to us right our body is our vessel that is gifted to us by the universe by the divine in order to have this human experience so do we want to love and respect it oh yes of course but we're so much more than that. We're so much more and so much deeper than that. And that was some of the things that I worked with my daughter on and, and what are the beliefs that she wants to hold and, and how, what does she want instead, right? Instead of thinking, well, I don't have this. Okay. Well then what do you want instead? And focusing on what you want instead or what you want to believe instead, it it really helps shift, you know, not, not only my mind, but others and hers. And so I just help people find those things that, that you love about who you are in here and, and, and on a deeper level, and then you're going to see yourself differently. You're going to then, you know, see your body different than you do now. Well, our souls are eternal and our bodies are just like temporary flesh suits that we get to wear until we wear them out. And then our soul goes on forever. And I think you know, like you said, we're spiritual beings, you know, we're a spiritual being having a human experience and we don't have these bodies forever and we are not our bodies. Like our soul goes on and our, and our bodies, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And I think there's so much freedom and knowing that this is, this is just a temporary, temporary suit. We'll turn it in at the end. Like we turn in our least car and we over identify with our bodies and just to ladies who are listening, just fall in love with who you are, your soul, your spirit, and you are so much more than your body and you are perfect just the way you are. So I know that you said you got a divorce and we had a personal conversation and you were saying that you celebrate the holidays with your ex-husband and he's part of your family. He hasn't met anyone yet. What are some co-parenting tips? Because there's a lot of women that are divorced that are not so simpatico with their ex that they would invite him to the holidays and invite him over to watch the game. What makes you so successful with co-parenting? That's a great question. And thank you. It's funny. A few years back, uh, my my 
myself, my husband saw me and my ex-husband, like we go to, we went to our daughter's volleyball tournaments together, our son's basketball tournaments together. Like to me, it's no different. And there was a point where we got us three, right? The parents, we got into a uh, Uber to go grab some lunch while, you know, our daughter was at her tournament and there was a break. And the Uber driver was like, wait a minute, that's your ex-wife and her husband in the back seat. And it was kind of a funny thing. But then we started real. The guy was like, you guys should write a book about how to co-parent. And listen, I'm not by any means saying that the first couple of years, it was easy. I, um, you know, I was single for about three years after the divorce and not saying by any means that was easy. First of all, that was the time where I discovered it was dark times for me, but I discovered so much about myself. But in all of that, being a co-parent, we decided, and I'm very grateful that myself, my husband, and my ex-husband, we've all done personal development seminars and work. And even our kids grew up in that environment because we believe like that was like the foundation that we wanted to set for our family. So with that, we learned communication skills. Again, we put things to the test. Doesn't mean that we argued, didn't mean we hate each other back then, right? We still did. We still went through that typical divorce, but then there got to a point where we're like, we have to choose to put our kids first. Our kids come first. And with that, it was, it was about three years that we did everything separate. And finally we said, we really need to do this for our kids and have one Christmas and one Thanksgiving and one birthday party. And and once we did that, honestly, that's how it's been probably now for about eight years. And we're so grateful. Like it was my husband, Sami's birthday a couple of days ago. We invited my ex to the party and we he, he stayed and our kids and everything and friends and family and we sang karaoke and we just, I don't, it's hard to imagine it not being like that because the truth is, is it normal what we have? No, it's not normal, but is it natural? Yes. And that's something that I kept reminding myself. Normal is not talking to each other and hating each other. That's what the no- normal and most people do. We said, we don't want to be normal. We want to do what's natural. What's natural and what's possible is to get along and be great co-parents. Again, we communicate literally every day on, hey, this one's got this and we got this and whatever it is, we communicate every single day so that we make sure that our kids come first and that we over communicate on things so that we can, even if we don't agree, like, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. And, you know, we still have disagreements, but it's more so talking and communicating. But again, our kids are our main priority. So how can we, you know, really um, put our kids first? And I have to give it to my husband, Sami, because not only did he fall in love with me, he fell in love with my kids and he calls them his kids, but he also embraced, you know, my ex-husband and like, you know what? No, this is all of a pack, total package. So I have to give it to my husband, Sami, who is really remarkable and such a strong man to not think like, oh, I don't want to talk to him. He's your ex. No, you know what? We're a family. We're going to do this together. We're going to make this work. And he embraced the whole group of us. And, you know, it just, it works for us. And not to say that's for everyone, but we learned to let go of resentment. We learn to forgive, let go of the resentment and the negative. Like that's in the past. That does not serve us in, in any situation. They're holding on to the past and bringing it and dragging all of that crud, you know, the baggage 
It doesn't serve anyone. So we really learn to forgive, let go of resentment and learn how to communicate so that we can be a family unit. And those are skills that we use in every single area of our life as well. So you said it was not normal, but natural. Why do you think it's natural for your ex-husband and your current husband to be friends? I think that that is not natural because the nature of man is like when there's one woman and two men, it's their nature to be competitive. Yes and no, because there's no energy between my ex-husband and I. There's no competition between my ex-husband and my husband. My husband has my heart. My ex-husband had his time with me. So there's no, there's no competition where I think what's, what makes it natural is we decide if we're going to hold resentment. We decide if we're going, that should not happen. Right. And we decided, Hey, this, this is natural. Like we know other families that, uh, in the personal growth world that we've done in the seminars we've done that have that same type of relationship because the foundation of it is open, honest, forgiving communication. And that part is very natural when there's no energy or there's no held up uh, emotions from the past. It's natural. And so that's where it's normal is what most people have. Natural is just what does it really matter? I mean, my ex had hit, we had our time together. We have two beautiful kids as a result and there's no animosity. There's no resentment. There's no grudges. There's nothing. We let all that go so that we can be a family unit and show our kids what's really possible. That's great. Well, I am a huge fan of second marriages. I'm so happy in my second marriage. And yeah, if, if you're out there listening and thinking that, oh my God, do second marriages, third or fourth, whatever it is, there is the right person out there for you. There's a lid for every pot, I like to say. Oh, I like that. That's a great one. Thank you. So you mentioned that you had uh, stomach issues. Tell us a little bit about your wellness journey and how did you heal your gut issues? What did you have? Well, first of all, when I was competing and won my pro card, that was like the catalyst and start of all of my health issues. Um, Matter of fact, because my body fat percentage was so low, I didn't have a period for almost a year. So my hormones were off. Number two, metabolically, if I, and I used to have a horrible relationship with carbs and, and even fruit, by the way, I couldn't eat any of that. Like I was scared of it. I had a very mentally unhealthy relationship with food. And not that I would binge or starve or anything, but it's like, I did not want to put that in my body, but there were times when I did. And if I gained, you know, two pounds, it would just throw me off. And then I'd go back into that very restrictive diet. And so not only did I have hormonal issues and metabolic issues, but I also, it's called metabolic burnout, but I also had, um, I also had food sensitivities and intolerances. Like there came a time right around after I won my pro card that I had a four pack, never had a six pack, by the way, but I had a four pack of that. So for a woman, yeah, that's amazing. It was a lot, but it took a lot of work, but that's, that's also what helped that, um, it really led to the metabolic burnout because I was doing so much cardio and so much working out and, and it was not healthy that my metabolism paid a price. But my body started rejecting foods that I had every day. All of a sudden, and I didn't know this, I was actually in the emergency room in so much pain. My stomach, even with my four pack, my stomach looked like I was six months pregnant. 
And so I was in the emergency room. They couldn't figure out what was going on. They're like, we did blood tests. You're not allergic to anything. Keyword allergic. And, but I'm like, gosh, whenever I eat these things, something happens. And it was gluten. So any kind of bread or anything with gluten in it, dairy could not have whey protein and eggs, eggs, something I had every day. And it even started with chicken because those were foods that I was having on a daily basis. And with all of the issues in my digestion, it just amplified it. My body was like, I don't want this stuff anymore. And so that is where I'm like, okay, they're telling me I'm not allergic to it. I did my own elimination when I took those foods out for a couple of weeks, my body felt better, put them back in, same thing happened. So I was able to figure that out on my own. And then I'm like, you know what? No offense to doctors. I believe there's a time and place for medicine, but when it comes to something like this, they had no clue. So I went to holistic nutrition school 10 years ago and I'm like, I got to learn how to heal my body. So then I, I I didn't at that time think, oh, I want to help other women do this. I was thinking I need to learn for myself so I can really understand what's going on here. And that's when I went into the whole gut health specialty. I started becoming fascinated by how much the gut regulates every single thing that we do in our daily life. And it controls our immune system, our hormones, our mood, our, our happy hormones. So that's when I went into like that specialty, but I had to heal my body first. And a lot of it was learning what types of things that I need to heal the gut lining, which I found out that bovine type three collagen was what I needed to heal my gut lining in order for my body to start absorbing nutrients again, because I became deficient in a lot of things, which caused more problems. So it was like this snowball effect from the competition and the diets that I had to go back and start healing the root of it, which was my gut. And then my body started to slowly reverse all of that stuff on its on its own, which was great. Took me two years. Now I know how to shortcut people because I understand it a lot better. I was like the guinea pig of my own self during school. And so now that I learned all of that and went through it, I believe that just like you and I heard Miss Lisa Nichols say, like our story is not ours. It is, we go through those things in order to share with other people that could possibly relate. So I believe that all of that was necessary for me to go through and experience so that way I can share my story and help other women who would relate to some type of gut issues and, you know, anxiety, depression, all of that stuff. Cause I went through all of that when I had those gut issues. So now what is your food plan or what type of foods do you eat or avoid? Do you have a certain lifestyle that you follow? Great question. I love that question. I do not believe in diets. I hate the word diet. It makes me actually cringe because diet is based in deprivation, right? Diet is, let me pull this uh, food group out, like carbs, right? Or let me, you know, not eat any of this. Or let me, let me calorie restrict or let me. So diets are based in restriction. And I don't believe in that. I believe that that is where a lot of my own and other women's relationship with food starts to starts to take over because they're like, Oh gosh, I can't have that. And you know, I'm not allowed to have that on this diet or, you know what? I ate too many calories. I can't have any more today. I don't teach that way. I don't believe in that. What I believe in is, you know, when, when women have kids and moms, if you're out there listening, think about when your children were born, when those babies were born, they would nurse or formula, whichever one you did every three hours, like clockwork babies fed 
every three hours. And mother's breast milk and formula is the closest thing to it. It's perfectly balanced with proteins, fats, and carbs, because that's what our bodies actually need. Our bodies come out of the womb eating that way, right? That's how we're designed. That's how our bodies are designed to process food is about every three to four hours. Well, at some point in our adult life, our teenage life, or whatever it was, we made a decision that that no longer works. We made that decision that, you know what? I need to take carbs away, or I need to eat higher fats. or higher... Actually, if we eat the way that our bodies were born and designed, that is when we are able to stabilize blood sugar. Our body will keep muscle and it will burn fat. If you restrict, your body will burn muscle and store fat. And that's not what we want. And that's also when cravings increase. So I teach people and how I eat on a daily basis um, is balancing my plate with the right protein, fats, and carbs. And most of the time, my carbs are fruits and vegetables. Obviously, there's times where I'll have like this morning, I had a breakfast meeting. I had half of a croissant sandwich. It had eggs, it had bacon, and it was the croissant. So I had my protein, fats, and carbs right there, perfectly balanced. Again, I only had half of it. I didn't eat the whole thing, but I've taught my body how to always, and I can go to any restaurant, any barbecue, any party, I will look for the protein first, put that on my plate. What carb do I want? Oh, you know what? I see that yummy dessert. So I'm going to go ahead and have some vegetables and then I'm going to have dessert. So I always balance my plate, protein, fats, and carbs. We eat in threes every three, meaning that every three hours about we eat like that. And that is what I teach. And we're eating small meals every every three hours, which helps your body and your metabolism kick up and go, okay, I know she's going to feed me again. I got to burn this off. She's going to feed me again three hours later. I got to burn this off. Where when it's the opposite, when we only eat one meal a day or two meals a day, your body is like pissed off. Like, oh, really? She's not feeding me? I'm going to store all this as fat. Watch me. And it will store fat and it will store fat and it will store fat. Well, we teach your body to reverse that. We get your body in a fat burning mode instead of a fat storing mode. And that is all just basically eating the way that we were born to eat. And when I say I live the 80-20, I mean, I don't restrict anything. I don't have any more gut issues. I can eat eggs, gluten, dairy. It does not bother me because I've healed my gut. And I also know what I need to do to keep my gut and microbiome balanced so that it's operating in my best interest every single day. And, and show other people how you can live with food freedom. And that's really important to me. That's what's called being a flexitarian, right? Having a flexible uh, metabolism and being flexible. So you don't believe in the intermittent fasting trend, having an eight hour feeding window and then fasting for 16 hours. Personally, I don't. That's my belief. I've tried it, tried it a lot, tried it for a long time. And it, I, I honestly can say that as at 48 years old, our metabolism changes as a woman, our hormones change. And that isn't always optimal for a woman in that midlife season, I guess is the good yeah. way to put it. Um, it's not the most optimal. If you want to keep muscle, um, we have to, as we age, eat more protein. But then as we age as women, 
our body actually um, has more trouble breaking it down and absorbing it. So if we restrict, we're not going to get in all of that protein that we need because us as women, we need more protein in order to keep the muscle and burn fat. And also we need that muscle because osteoporosis is very prevalent in women and we need the muscle to exercise and pull against our bones and make our bones stronger. So it's kind of this like compound effect, but personally, I don't believe in that. I help women that have intermittent fasted and they become skinny fat, be able to reverse that by eating protein, fats, and carbs every three to four hours. And now they get leaner. They they're by eating more and not eating less. So what is the latest meal of the day? Like how late would you tell your clients it's okay to eat? Would it be like nine or 10 at night or seven or eight, or it doesn't matter as long as they get in their four to six mini meals? How does your coaching work around that? So I don't necessarily say a time. I say an hour before bed. So you still want some type of protein before you go to bed. My favorite go-to is the Okios, I for, I don't even know how to say it, the Greek yogurt with protein in it. And by the way, it's uh, sweetened with stevia, not sucralose. But that little um, yogurt cup has either 15 or 20 grams of protein. I eat that almost every single night, an hour before I go to bed, because your body needs that. I don't believe in a cutoff time, but if you're, I say an hour before bed, because you want your body to be breaking that down and processing it while you're sleeping. And guess what? It's burning more calories while you sleep. And that's the goal. So I don't have a cutoff time. And um, I usually recommend five to six small meals. Now, granted, people are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to eat that much. Well, I probably have three full meals, right? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. I might have one to two shakes and a yogurt. So that's how I'm able to get in all of those six, five, six small meals a day um, to make sure that I'm getting the protein. Because again, protein for us women it is so important for us to get that, especially when our hormones start changing in perimenopause or menopause or after, we need to make sure that we're getting in the right amount of protein every single day. So I don't necessarily have a cutoff time. I say eat an hour before bed. Now, don't have carbs before bed. No sugar, no fruit, no junk food type sugar. Something with protein, a protein shake, or, you know, I, I, my go-to is the yogurts because it kind of gives me that sweet fix, but I'm not having any carbs. And so then that's, that's a way for me to get like that fix. But I also know I'm getting my protein in right before bed. I love it. Well, there's a very famous Harvard study. And one of the number one things for Alzheimer's is having muscles. People with more muscle have less chance of getting Alzheimer's and they have more cognitive function. So not just for osteoporosis and, and the skeletal, the, the joints and all that, but for our brain health. So that brings me to my next question, which is the question of the day. How does the gut affect our mental wellness and our brain health and happiness? What is, what is the, the gut brain access? How do the two work together? Great question. So let's go all the way back at the time that we were in embryo, not even a fetus. Okay. We start out as these little cells and then these cells start right multiplying. But what happens is our gut and our brain at that point is one. And then as we grow into a fetus, you've got your brain here and you've got your gut here, but they're still connected by what's called the vagus nerve. 
The vagus nerve is the second largest nerve in the body next to the spinal cord. So when we talk about your gut being your second brain, it literally is. It is connected to your brain and there's the gut brain axis that communicates. It's a two-way, I kind of like to say highway or freeway, right? It's a two-way freeway from your gut and your brain and your brain to your gut. So if you think about how it works, we have over 500 million neurons in our gut that communicates with our brain every single second. Have you ever had, and I'm sure you've had this uh, with your husband, um, these butterflies when you see, I'm like, oh God, he's so handsome. Are you so right? That is in our gut. Or you have like this, oh man, I've got a really bad feeling right now. I've got this something. That's all a gut, it's a gut feeling, right? It's our gut is communicating to our brain. And a lot of times, this is the craziest thing, Rebecca, it's screaming at us and people are like, ah, I'm not listening to that. You don't know what you're talking about. Literally, they are fighting against what our gut is trying to communicate. And it's crazy because in those 500 million neurons, we have incredible neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. Serotonin is your happy hormone. I mean, I stress this so much and I'll share why I stress this. There's 37 million Americans on antidepressants right now. That is like a lot breaking to me. Like it is so heartbreaking to me because it doesn't have to be that way. And and when I'm, I'm very passionate, if you can't tell, yeah. but 37 million Americans are on antidepressants. Yes, we've all been through a lot in the last three years of this crazy pandemic, right? And doctors are so quick to give out that little script. But what happens is when you take like an antidepressant, it completely suppresses your gut's ability to make you make that serotonin and the dopamine and to, to actually allow you to have feelings. And so it completely suppresses your body's production. And so what, what people don't really know yet, it's starting to come out. And that's why I feel it's so passionate. I'm so passionate to talk about it is if we take care of our gut, our gut produces 90% of those happy hormones. That makes us happy. Your dopamine is your feel good and motivation, right? So your serotonin is happiness, but your dopamine is like your motivation that makes you want to get up and do things. Serotonin, 90% is produced in your gut. Dopamine, 50% is produced in your gut. Those two hormones, so if our gut isn't functioning, if our gut microbiome is off, if you've got leaky gut, IBS, constipation, any of those things, your gut is not functioning properly. Therefore, your body is not producing that serotonin and the dopamine. And then people feel less motivated. They feel depressed. They feel sad. They feel um, brain fog because brain fog actually comes from your gut, not your brain. Um, they have more cravings. They're more impatient. They're less focused. Like all of those things come from our gut. And that's why the gut and taking care of that is so vital to what we do every single day. Our patience level, our calmness, literally, if we feel like getting up out of bed, all of that comes from our gut. And so if we can get your gut functioning and producing all of those happy hormones again, now you choose differently. You're more patient. You, you're more focused. You have less anxiety. You have more better mood, um, more vigor, um, less irritability, like all of those things. That's why to me, I'm so passionate about the gut and it is our second brain, but it talks to our brain up here. But most people think, oh, I've got a chemical imbalance here. When you don't, it's a chemical imbalance down here. That's not communicating up here anymore. 
So if you have to make a tough decision, what do you listen to your head, your heart, or your gut? Great question, because they're all trying to communicate to you. It's just, which one do you choose to listen to? Um, because a lot of people think, oh, this is in my head. Uh, here's a good one that I just, I heard the other day. She's like, my head is telling me that I'm craving all these things. And I'm like, no, actually your gut is shooting information up to your brain that it's craving those things. So it's actually not your head doing it. It is your gut. And if we can balance your blood sugar and we can heal your gut, now your gut is no longer going to crave those things. And it's not going to be trying to tell your brain that. So heart is a little bit different. That's more on the emotional side. But when it comes to your cravings, your mood, your productivity, your focus, um, your irritability, your, you know, whatever, your stress level, all of that comes from your gut. So again, that's where I go back to let's heal the root of everything first and then watch how it changes your life. That's amazing. So I know you're a seven figure entrepreneur in health and wellness. You're a mom, you're a wife, you still have a couple celebrity personal training clients. How do you find balance in your life? You know, to be completely honest, Rebecca, I don't believe in the word balance. Okay. So how how do you juggle all those things? So I try to find harmony in the chaos. And that's it, right? Because there's never a time that every single thing in your life is balanced. It just doesn't happen. I mean, let's be real. Being a mom, entrepreneur, right? Like a wife, like, you know, leading a giant global team. Like there's no way that there's ever a point where like, cool, just everything's in balance. It's more so finding the harmony in the chaos, finding the gifts and the lessons in the challenges and, and learning to embrace all of that and go, okay, this is what today is, is this is what I'm manifesting today. Or, you know what, what are my intentions today and where I'm able to find and create some harmony because it, to be honest, like, I don't believe in it because to me, and again, this is my opinion. I don't believe that balance ever exists. There's not a point where you're like, cool, every single aspect of my entire life is perfect. To me, that doesn't exist. There's always going to be areas that we can work on. There's always going to be areas that are going great. And other ones you're like completely polar opposite. And so it's like, okay, if this is going great, how can I still find the harmony? How can I find the gifts in this? Or if you're in a season of, you know, like nothing seems to be going right, like finding the gifts and the lessons, which gets shifts your brain into more abundance um, and manifesting, knowing that I'm not going to stay here. It's not it's not always going to be like this. This is temporary and trying to find the happiness or the harmony in all of that and learning to like go with the flow and know, okay, this is you know, this is happening for a reason. This is happening for a reason. I'm not quite sure what this is yet, but learning that has taught me so much more um, calmness, being able to stay grounded. And then I find more peace and harmony in my life by doing that than trying to go, I got to balance this. Okay. I got to balance this. And I got to balance this because then there's never, it's never balanced. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it's, it's about harmony. It's Mm -hmm. about a symphony. Do you have boundaries around your business? Like, are there certain days and times where you are not available to your team, where you won't pick up a call, where you don't check your your email or your text? Like, do you have certain times in your week where you just put your phone away? Um, My husband would probably appreciate that if I did, but I don't. Um, I don't. I, I mean, granted, 
I'm not going to answer my phone after like eight or nine o'clock at night. Like it can wait. It's not an emergency. If it's an emergency, then I will of course answer the phone, but you know, I, I don't have that. And I love my team. I love building. I love being busy. Now there's times where I'm like, okay, this weekend, like we're going to my son's uh, basketball tournament. When I'm at his game, I am a hundred percent present at his game. I will not touch my phone. Like I am there and present. So I've learned to um, be more present in the moments and not try to multitask because multitasking really doesn't exist either. Um, if, if I showed you this little chart, have you ever seen it? It's so interesting to see how your brain can't switch from two things um, versus if you focus on one task at a time, you're more effective. So I've really worked on being more present when I am, you know, with my family or if we're watching a movie, I'm not answering my phone. But as far as like unplugging, I'm sure my husband would probably appreciate if I did more of that, but I love helping people. I love helping people. And then when I know that there's times where I need to take a step back and fill my cup, I I do. But I think because I set certain boundaries, you know, in all of areas of my life that I don't very much, or I don't often feel that like, okay, I'm empty because I do other things to recharge myself. Maybe I take five minutes to go meditate in the middle of the day or 10 minute, just close my eye, light nap where it re kind of resets my brain. Um, I might go for a walk. I will do some breathing techniques, but all of those things I learn to integrate into my day to keep me going so that I don't get to the point where my cup is completely empty. And then I have to disconnect and, and refuel. Um, I, I, try to stay connected because I just, I love my people. I love my family. I love my life, everything that I get to do. So I just have learned for me as a super busy entrepreneur to set the boundaries, to be present when I am doing something. And then when it's time to, you know, turn it off, I I do, I turn it off without guilt, without shame, without feeling bad about it. That's my time with my family. And I'm not going to you know, I will not take a call when my son is playing basketball or my daughter is, you know, here from Spain. I'm not going to take a call. I'm going to be present. And so I've really learned to set those boundaries within myself. And, you know, my team truly respects and honors that uh, because I've set that. That's great. Well, we're at the end of the interview. This has been great. If you could give everyone one piece of advice about gut health and one piece of advice about business, what would they be? Ooh, that's a really good one. Okay, so one piece of advice about your gut. Listen to it. It is trying to tell you something. Sometimes it doesn't want certain foods. Other times it's got so much inflammation and it's pissed off at you. Other times it's trying to tell you something and communicate maybe about this, you know, this business deal that you might be doing or something. And you're like, oh, this gut, I got a gut feeling. Listen to your gut. It is communicating. You might not like what it's saying, but it is communicating to you. And then in business, say yes and then figure it out. Say yes and build your wings on the way down. That is something that Marina Worry, you know, really really has taught me over the last couple of years, not figure it out first is say yes. And then, Oh crud, I got to figure out how, right. It's, it's say yes and build your wings on the way down and, and just, just go for it. Just do it. Do what is scary because on the other side of that fear is something beautiful. And there's the abundant, beautiful life. 
There you go. Well, thank you so much, Mandy White Esklin. How can people find you on social? I'm sure they have a lot of great questions for you about their gut. Yes, please reach out to me. I am Mandy White Escalin. Three names I know, but I was Mandy White for many, many years. My well, my whole life, I should say. And then when I got married to my husband, but Mandy White Escalin. My husband is from Finland, so that's where the other name comes from. Uh, but honestly, look me up. I'm happy to answer questions. I love connecting with people. I love helping people figure things out. It's just you know because I I get it, and so I'm happy to help and answer any questions possible. Thank you so much. Well, everyone, you have heard another incredible episode of the Balance, Beautiful, and Abundant show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman, taking you from overwhelmed and burned out to Balance, Beautiful, and Abundant. We love our listeners. If you could kindly give us a five-star review and share this podcast with a friend, your, your contribution to spreading the news of this podcast is everything to me. Thank you so much for being our listeners and being a part of this community. And until we meet again, keep your vibe high and magnetize. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman, taking you from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I am hosting a weekly women's circle on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, where you get to experience my coaching for free. It is open and it is amazing for accountability, support, and community. All you have to do is go to the link in bio to reserve your spot, and I can't wait to meet you on a live Zoom call. I also am having an amazing summer promotion called the Five Day Drop. Lose five pounds in five days, guaranteed. It's a great way to detox your body. It's a metabolism reset, and it will help you feel balanced, beautiful, and abundant all summer long. So make sure you go to the link in my bio to learn about the five-day drop. I am so appreciative of you listening to my show. The best compliment you could ever pay me is to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend because I know you know other people who want to go from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye.